my little brother asked me to talk about. Doggle. My, my little brother Doggle, as he's known on the show. It's good to hear. <laughs> Friend of the show, Doggle Maloney. We were at a family event last week and we were in the car with mum and dad. We initially planned to go by ourselves, but mum and dad wanted us to all go up together as a family. And I find that certain situations kind of make me revert to my childhood self. And one of them is yeah. being in the back of a car with one or one or both of my brothers with my parents driving. I just suddenly feel like the years have melted away and I'm like a 10 year old. And then, and my dad had the char, had the phone plugged in to the car and was charging his phone. And I looked at his phone and it appeared to be sufficiently charged. So I pulled the charger out. Yeah. And then it somehow just shattered and like bits oh, of it went all hang on. <laughs> bits of it went on the back seat. Not the <laughs> phone, thankfully, but the charger just completely disintegrated in my lap. And then I just kind of looked up at Dargle and he just kind of started pissing himself laughing because he could obviously see the sort of fear on my face. Even though I was like a 38-year-old man and it was, you know, like a $10 charger, I was just like, oh, no, the old man's not going to like this. And, and, uh, and then it took me like I had to really screw up my courage to, to say, um, Dad, uh, I, think that's, I think the charger's not working, so maybe we can just... Maybe I'll just get one at the service station. I don't know. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, it's a bit funny, but it it works if you... It definitely works. Yeah, it definitely works if you just plug it in. You've just got to fiddle with it a bit. It definitely works and it's a family heirloom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, it works and you are to guard it with your life. Your, gra- your grandfather had that charger in the war. He brought it back <laughs> from France. <laughs> And I can't, I can't wait to pass it on to you one day, son. Thanks for bringing yeah. it up on this family event. I'm happy to talk about. I'm happy to talk about that charger anytime you want. Brings me. It's the only thing in my life that brings me joy. And I yeah, thank you right. for talking about it. <laughs> Some, sometimes when I think about my legacy, I just come back to that charger. Uh, like I remember, you might have been with me when we, I was, my housemate was away and I had locked myself out and it was the dead of night and I had to get on a flight the next day. So I really needed to get into the house and pack. Yeah. So you and I just had to like take the end off one of my crutches and smash in the back window and then yeah, that's and, right. and unlock the back door. That's right. So you had... You'd locked your keys inside and yeah. couldn't get in touch with your housemate or they, they were away. Yeah, she was away. You know, I didn't have the good sense to have given anyone my spare keys, evidently. Otherwise, presumably, I would have called yeah. them. And there was just no other option but to break into my own house. Yeah, I remember that because I wasn't, I'd never smashed the window of a house before. <laughs> as I suppose most people haven't deliberately, yeah. except yeah. to our except uh, some of our audience will be burglars. So to them, uh, I'm sure this is <laughs> No disrespect. Yeah. No disrespect to our burglar fans. We get a lot of emails from our cat burglar fans here on Don't Praise the Machine. <laughs> it's the podcast of choice yeah. for the cat burglar. 
Shout out to uh, Edward in Springvale. He's uh, <laughs> He's been doing a lot of trips to cash converters lately. <laughs> good, good luck to him. But yeah, so I took your crutch and smashed the window and I remember how much I had to will myself to do it because I was, I kept thinking, your image of breaking windows like that, I just kept thinking, oh man, yeah. this shard of glass is going to explode into my wrist somehow yeah. and I'll be dead. This will be like that scene in Ghost where Patrick Swayze's mate just gets impaled on a shard of glass <laughs> and then gets dragged into hell. <laughs> <laughs> And then I did it and uh, and you said, thanks, Al. And I said, can I do the other one? You <laughs> said, no. I've never felt so alive. I was on YouTube the other day as I virtually always am and <laughs> I discovered this because I was looking through... I was looking at a, I listened to a particular podcast, which is not related to Christianity, Mm. but the guy I discovered was a Christian because he was talking about the persecution of Christians in the world. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And so Mm. anyway, I I just remembered that. And then I looked him up because I didn't know what he looked like. So it was that thing where you you listen to a podcast and you think, oh, I've heard that person's voice a lot, but I don't know what they look like. Yeah. So I looked him up and then the first video was him at a premiere of some Christian film. And I was like, okay, fine. And then I'd like clicked on it. And so he's there saying, this was a great film, told the story of Jesus. Jesus seemed like a pretty top dude. And then, of course, as soon as once I clicked that, all of the recommended videos in the right-hand column were related to that (laughs) Christian movie. So I clicked another one and then another one. And eventually I discovered this absolute pocket of gold, which (laughs) I did not know existed. But of course it would because I know it exists in the physical space in the real world and has done for many, many years. But there's this whole sphere of Christian prophets on YouTube and they make like dangerously specific prophecies that they then have to, then of course they then just have to walk back. And I just (laughs) spent hours looking at these videos of them all prophesizing that Trump was going to win the election. Yeah. But I'm really direct. Like I spoke to God and (laughs) he told me that Donald Trump is going to win the election. So I was watching all of these back before the election, obviously, and then just trawling through them as everybody (laughs) tries to explain why their prophecy was either misunderstood by the audience (laughs) or that there was just a delay on uh, on whatever they were saying. Fantastic. Yeah. And so it was. it's this whole weird space. Mm. And then through going into the, I, I discovered some kind of dusty old prophets who yeah. they're not so hip with the technology. But then, of course, I eventually found the young tech-savvy prophets who God mm. speaks to. And their clickbaity thumbnails are exactly the same as any other clickbaity YouTube thumbnail. So there's wow. this guy and literally the thumbnail says, God told me this one important thing about what's going to happen in April. Ah, wow. Yeah. It's like ex- the kind of one weird trick that has doctors furious. Exactly. Or it's exactly that. It's don't make any plans about your future until you listen to these two things God told me this morning. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. That is what it is. I always just think that 
I always think, man, even if you if you're a person of faith, mm. that is such a lame interpretation of totally. If you tried to sell me that God, if you said, yeah. Oh, you should be really into my God. He talks to me specifically, and he draws me pictures, and uh, yeah, and you know, tells me that it what the weather's going to be like. <laughs> like that is a lame God. No, what are you eight years old? Yeah, he's basically a friendly ghost. But <laughs> but is anyone does anyone say so? Aside from this guy who blamed it on a third party, yeah, are there prophets who are willing to just say in an unqualified way or close to unqualified way? You know, I got this wrong. I must have either that didn't happen to me or I misunderstood the message or something um, they, rather than like, because the easy way is to say this is still true, but you've uh, it, it wasn't meant to be interpreted literally or whatever. But if they just say, oh, I said this and it was incorrect and I apologize, that's that's got to be vanishingly rare. Yeah, because that, yeah, that, that would mean that either, <laughs> I'd, li- I'd like to see one of them say, God was wrong. God yeah. got it wrong. <laughs> I spoke to God this morning and he's uh, he's offered his resignation and I've accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> so um so there's some big some big shoes to fill up there, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> getting some new talent in. So um you know, I've been going through, we put an ad up. I've been going through LinkedIn today, uh, <laughs> seeing if there's a qualified candidate for new all-seeing being. New deity. Uh, just somebody who I guess we can rely on to do their due diligence if they're going <laughs> to make predictions about the end of the world that they created. There is a precedent for somebody who is, there's probably several, but the most well-known to me precedent of somebody who is a former celebrity and has gone into the barrister's world is Mark Holden of Australian Idol fame. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And Mark Holden, for those of you outside Australia, was one of the judges on the Australian Idol's kind of premier season maybe yeah even. which in other territories is called pop idol or german idol yeah or, okay yeah. and it was pretty huge because people were still kind of you know reality tv shows like that was still a bit of a novelty and he was one of the kind of people that sort of defined the first season of the show and got it going and he used to do this bloody he had this signature move when he liked a particular act where he would just do kind of an elvis you know, he'd get down on one knee or something. Remember? Okay. And he called it a he called it a touchdown, uh, but it didn't really okay. didn't really resemble a touchdown. I don't know why he called. Does it he that. do that in trials? Yeah, I think now he just whenever he manages to get someone who's who's in for sort of relatively minor offences, maybe they get bail. He gives it the old <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> 
I, I was once at the um, at the Latrobe Valley Magistrates Court, and he was doing a bail application for a guy who was going to be tried for DUI, and the guy got bail, and then suddenly multicolored spotlights came up out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and, and confetti just started pumping from the ceilings and and he gave it a touchdown and everyone touchdown! applauded. friend of mine, I might have to ask her later if it's okay for me to tell this story, but a, a good friend Your of mine. Your friend, Schlag. My, a good friend of mine, Schlag. <laughs> uh, she, she, um, she recently started working at a university and they had to do training on how to deal with workplace bullying. Okay. And I was laughing with her recently at one particular example of the survey that she was asked to, or the test that she was asked to do about what constitutes workplace bullying and, you know, what you should do in certain situations or whatever. And the hypothetical that they had used was there were three people having a WhatsApp chat, right? Three, let's, they could be students or they could be fellow staff members at the university having a WhatsApp chat. And one of them said to the others, I'm going dancing this weekend. I'm going on for a dancing lesson because I've started dancing lessons. Okay. And if either of you tell anyone at the university about it, I'm going to push you down the stairs. And and uh, and it was like, is this, you know, is this okay because it's obviously just a joke or oh. is, it a, is it a physical threat that should be taken seriously or what? But I just loved the kind of specificity of it that like <laughs> it wasn't just like I'm going to, you know, I'll be – just don't do it or else. It was like, I'm going to actually find you and push you down a set of stairs, <laughs> which seemed like a very specific punishment for somebody that, who was you'd, that it, you'd have to be very You'd have to be very calculating in order to achieve that outcome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, why Why are you making that threat? So well, just say yeah. you'll bash them or hey, harm hey, will Mike, come to them. Michael... You'd say, Michael, look, don't worry about me being upset about you telling everybody about my dance lesson. I'm over it. But I'd really like you to meet me at this rooftop bar this this weekend. (laughs) Meet me by the stairwell. I'll have a cocktail (laughs) ready for you. (laughs) Why is she self-conscious about the dance lesson? I think it was a man. So maybe they thought it was... Oh, okay. Maybe they thought it was unconventional. Well, now I've got other issues with this scenario. (laughs) So yeah, good. Very heteronormative views about dancing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd say I'm not comfortable with this heteronormative bullying question. I'd say no man who's taken up dancing lessons could possibly pose a physical threat to me. Exactly. <laughs> no, <laughs> no dainty fancy man could possibly push me down a flight of stairs. I'd like to see him. I would have just written, "I'd like to see him try." <laughs> yeah. 
I went to see one of my favorite bands a couple of years ago. They're a band from Ireland called Fontaines DC, Fontaines uh-huh. Dublin City. And their lead singer's name is Grian. Not Brian with a B, but Grian with a G. Apparently it's, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's an Irish name or if that's just the one Grian, but yeah, it's not related to the story. Anyway, so I went to see Fontaines DC, but the way that I got to go, I initially missed out on tickets and it sold out. Yeah. I went on the Facebook event and I managed to score a ticket because these two Czech girls who'd come from Prague to see the band in Berlin were selling one. Mm. So I met them out the front of the gig. It just had never met them before, obviously, and they sold me the ticket. And they were kind enough to invite me to hang with them at the concert. I would have quite happily mm. just stood by myself, but they said, no, no, come. You know, we're going to have some fun together. Let's get, let's get some drinks. So we had a couple mm. of we had a couple of drinks and they were really funny because they were like hard Czech girls. These were like girls toughened by winters in Prague. And they said to me, they were just quite funny. And they said to me, yeah, you know, we just loved the band and they weren't playing in Prague. So we thought we'd come to see them in Berlin. And then as they progressively got quite smashed and we got to the front of the mosh pit together, once the music started, it was so loud that I took out my special custom molded musician's earplugs. Hmm which are normal earplugs, but I actually had them custom molded at an Hmm. audiologist. And so they helped me keep loud sounds out while maintaining some of the clarity of the music. So I popped them in and this Czech girl (laughs) said to me, she looked at me putting them in and goes, what the fuck is this, man? What are you doing? (laughs) This is is rock and roll. It's meant to be loud. What are you, some kind of pussy? (laughs) And I said... No, look, um, actually, they're not normal earplugs. They're, they're special earplugs because uh, they're custom molded. Yeah. They're my special custom molded earplugs. She goes, oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. So you are some sort of a special pussy? <laughs> but I instantly fell in love with them. I thought they were very funny and they got smashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, they they knew the band a little bit. So afterwards... They said, come on, you can, do you want to, I had to work the next morning. Come on, do you want to just come and hang out? Come and meet Grian. And I said, look, I'm pretty sure Grian doesn't want to meet me. Um, Yeah. It's been a great show. But everyone out there in Don't Praise the Machine Land, check out Fontaine's DC. I've never heard of them. An excellent band. Mm. Man, they're dope. What kind of music are they offering? Shout out to Grian. Shout out to my boy, Grian. Uh, it's rock and roll, man. What are you, some sort of pussy? Yeah, I think you could argue that I am some sort of pussy. (laughs) Maybe even a special pussy. (laughs) 